0: It was just such a great time. I really loved being a part of a startup. And I think that uh, pushed me into going out on my own and, and becoming an entrepreneur and starting my own business.
1: If you're looking to leave the nine to five and elevate your side hustle, the Hustle the Day podcast is the podcast for you. Your host, Trent Bray, left the nine to five grind behind and is helping others do the same and focus on the future. Hear from others who have done it and how they did it. Jump in as we talk entrepreneurship, mindset and strategy. Just take it one day at a time and hustle the day. On this episode of the Hustle the Day podcast, I have Addie Meshki on the show. Addie 8 years ago started blogging and in doing so, it allowed her to leave her corporate job, start another company, become a full-time influencer. And she is now creating resources for others to be able to do the same. A really inspiring story. Really cool. Let's check it out. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle of the Day podcast. Super honored to have Addie Meshke here today. Addie, why don't you jump in and tell my audience a little bit about yourself?
0: Of course. Hey, everyone. I'm Addie. I am an entrepreneur and full-time blogger at Verbal Gold Blog.
1: Perfect. So a a full-time blogger, you know, that's something that really rose to prominence a few years back and, you know, now it's kind of moved more towards the influencer marketing and on Instagram and some of the other platforms. How has that transition been for you going from blogging to be an Instagram influencer, but your blogging is still a, you know, a big part of your business? How, how has that whole ecosystem worked out for you?
0: I would say it is a really fine line between creativity and content fatigue. There are just so many platforms and with different, uh, you know, there's vertical and horizontal and then there's square for, there's just so many formats that sometimes you can't repurpose the content or if you want to, you know, it's not the best. It's just a lot of content to produce, especially if you're if, you know, each platform wants you to produce five pieces of content a week, it is a full-time job. Uh, but it's really fun because I've been able to connect with different people. There are totally different audiences on every platform. So you kind of have your own mini communities within each platform. So I've, I've enjoyed it in that sense, definitely.
1: Well, that's great. So how is it that you got started you know, becoming a a full-time blogger? Where did that story start at?
0: Oh, man. Well, I've always really loved business and I've always been very um, interested in entrepreneurship. It's something I've wanted since high school. And I just happened to get injured uh, in CrossFit when in 2012 and my friend started my blog for me and she was like, you have to do this. You're traveling, you're doing fun things. Just write, and I was like, "Well, you know, I don't really want to write about myself." Blogging was seen more as a diary back then, uh, but she made my blog for me. She did everything, and she she knew I was going to be um, immobile for a little bit because of my injury, and that kind of just spiraled. Eight years later, here I am, still doing it. So it, uh-huh. it was really a nice a push in the right direction shout out to uh chelsea hyatt <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's nice she's set everything up for you and you know made that process easy but obviously starting that and sticking with it is something that isn't the easiest thing to do how have you managed to persevere going through that content fatigue like you mentioned like how can you keep pushing through that content over the last eight years
0: I think it is very in line with your passion, and I'm very passionate about uh, my my brand specifically and just business in general and travel. Those are my pillars. And I've really enjoyed helping other people plan travel and sharing uh, my tips with everyone. And uh, just being able, it's all about the hustle, but it's really all about balance. You know, you don't want to burn out. It's all about the long game. This is a marathon, not a sprint. and, And coming from advertising, uh, when the money moved there, that was also a big motivator (laughs) because I was getting to work with big brands, you know, like uh, Dr. Pepper and Chapstick and Walmart. And it was just me. And that was validation that I was I was moving in the right direction. And uh, and this was going to take off.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, but we keep kind of moving backwards, which, uh, you know, that's that's part <laughs> of the story. But um, before you got into blogging, what were you doing before then?
0: So this is going to, I'm going to age myself here. I was in corporate America for AT&T selling yellow page ads. Did you ever have a yellow page book?
1: I did, yeah.
0: Okay, I don't, I don't know if anyone has them anymore, but I, I was the one selling those full page ads to the lawyers. That was me. I worked in major accounts. I was able to move to San Francisco from Atlanta to do that, and it was, it was amazing. Then we moved into digital advertising, and then I saw where the trend was going. You know, I think, uh, the, I mean, like that, I was in the iPhone four days. So when we're moving up. Into digital advertising, a startup company reached out and they were going to be the first people selling mobile ads on your cell phone. So, if you're on those websites and you see the banner ad across the top, that's what they were selling. And I was like, I would love to just get into that. I I love advertising. So, I moved to the startup, which is um, just the most fun environment. And if you ever have the opportunity to do it, I would. And from there, I was able to move into the influencer marketing area that I am now.
1: Very cool. So yeah, it's interesting. I, I interviewed somebody that uh, I didn't realize this product even existed, uh, but they had, they, they were in yellow page sales, uh-huh. uh, but then they went to red pages, which was a, you know, like the yellow pages, a printed paper uh, directory for websites.
0: I feel like I've heard of that.
1: I I was not aware of it, but uh, you know, I, for me, I think the, the big selling pages feature were was kinda at the end.
0: I think it was uh their was their selling feature maybe like coupon ads or something. They sold ads within those spaces. Advertising will always be popular on whatever medium, you know, people can get their message across. Right. So I just followed the trend from print to digital. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. So what what was it like, you know, you we talked a little bit before we started recording about how your family raised you to be in the corporate environment. You moved to the startup environment. Now you're an entrepreneur. What were the different types of environments like for you?
0: Corporate America was definitely very structured. Uh, you're definitely an employee and you know it. When you move to startup, you feel like you're part of a family. You feel like your contribution matters and that you're helping move the needle and you're all in it together. The culture is amazing. The community is amazing. It's smaller. The team atmosphere I think is what really uh, was able to project, I guess for me, like that, the just stuck, I stuck around there. I believed in it and I felt like I was really helping. Um, and because it was a smaller startup, you know we did a lot of fun um, events together. we did games on uh, on sales rankings and I was it was really it was just such a great time. I really loved being a part of a startup and I think that uh, pushed me into going out on my own and and becoming an entrepreneur and starting my own business.
1: yeah and you you mentioned again before we started recording that uh, in that startup space you actually had, people you were working with, encouraging you to get started on your own thing, correct?
0: Yeah. The media reps I would work with, um, they followed me on Instagram. They read my (laughs) blog. It was so weird because it was like two worlds were colliding and they would always ask me, Addy, when are you going out on your own? When are you going out on your own? And I haven't said it here, but I was working full time and writing on my blog and posting on Instagram. I was doing that after hours and on the weekends and just working kind of nonstop, you know, I was hustling and, uh, my friends and the the people I worked with were like, when are you, when are you going to get out of here and go do this? So they helped uh, push me along. I'm still friends with them today. They still follow me on Instagram. And, uh, the fact that those messages came from such big media buyers for big brands like, uh, Verizon and PNG it was just, you know, it gave you a really, uh, like a real boost of confidence.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I can see that being a confidence booster. It's, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of awkward. It's like those two friend groups that you have that you've always kept separate and they're kind right. of merging together. And yeah. Don't go to
0: dinner <laughs> together. It's weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, they helped push you, push those two friend groups together and now it's working really well for you.
0: Yeah, it was great.
1: Oh, cool. Um, how was that transition going from that startup to doing your own thing? Was it hard to structure things for yourself or did that startup kind of prepare you to be more resourceful on your own?
0: It definitely pushed me to be more resourceful. I left my job March uh, 15th, 2017 at my, in Startup America. And that night at 5 a.m., I was like, I'm going to start my social consulting business right now called social gold Mm -hmm. at 5am. I made the graphics. I work with my, my team at the time I had, because I was working full time. I'd already had a team in place, like an assistant and a web designer, graphic designer. So they were able to just jump on the phone with me and help me launch my social media consulting business. I launched it at 7am and I already had a hundred people sign up. Wow. And I was charging $2,000 uh, a pop per month for them to work with me. And then my husband looked at me and he was like, you got this. And, and from there it was, it's uh, I just knew anything was possible. Wow. There's no limit.
1: Yeah, that is, that is amazing. So, you know, there's been a lot of things that Sound like they were just kind of easy for you because I mean you had you had a team lined up you had uh, people knocking on the door literally to get get your products. What would you say were some of the biggest challenges you faced when you went out on your own?
0: Uh, I would say not knowing anything and being scared. Like you're always going to be scared. I didn't know if it was going to work. I was making six figures, a healthy six figures at the startup company, and my and on the blogging side, I'd only made ten thousand dollars, so that's why I expanded into my social media consulting business because I was like, I can't live off ten thousand dollars a year. I was just doing that for fun at the time, you know. Adver- um, brands hadn't really crossed over into that space; they were paying like hundred dollars an in Instagram post. So <laughs> uh, I was like, I know I have to expand my brand immediately and my offerings. And uh, the challenge was, you know, there's so many different hats you have to wear as an entrepreneur. You have to be the collections person. You have to write the invoices. You have to find a CPA. You need a team in place or you need to be a photographer, um, know how to stay organized and motivated while you work at home. And you just learning and Googling that you could just do that for hours and hours. You For definitely sure. wear 20 different hats as an entrepreneur. You think you're leaving corporate America because you're tired of the nine to five. You'll be working 24 seven as an entrepreneur.
1: <laughs> yes. And you know what? That's, that's definitely something I can relate to because, you know, my, my story, I, my parents grew up as entrepreneurs and I that's started awesome. doing entrepreneurship at a really young age, thought it was easy got kicked in the rear end a few times and had to go to a nine to five and you know come back out to an entrepreneur again but the best thing for me you you being a mother and it for me I like the fact that yes I am going to have to work more hours but hey I can stop in middle of the day and go to my daughter's recital 100 percent something at her school or, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I can craft my schedule around those things so I can still be involved in the family. But then when they go to bed, it's back to work.
0: Yeah. Balance is the key. It's something I still struggle with. As you know, I was up until four 30 last night (laughs) in the morning. So I haven't perfected the balance aspect of things yet, but, uh, being able to be with my family is, priceless. And I am so thankful for that. I I would never go back to anything different. Just being able to spend time with my son as he grows up in his first two years has been probably the best thing for our family.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned you had to branch out to really make this a, a business, but you still have a lot of value in your blog. Where do you see blogging going in the future?
0: I love my blog. A blog is stable. It's like your foundation. If you're going to be doing all the other things, I feel like you still need a website and a blog just as your home base. And right now blogging has shifted to Instagram and micro blogs, which are considered captions. Right. That's where people that's where it shifted. And a lot of people that are popular on Instagram actually don't have blogs, but blogging as a foundation will always be valuable especially if you want to work with brands because of SEO and evergreen content. I still have blog posts that are five years old that still get traction today. And it's where I can own my community or maybe that sounds bad, but I own my home. And so I know my community has a home base to go to like Instagram can go away tomorrow. Facebook can go away tomorrow and then I'll be left with nothing. And that's terrifying. So you have to have somewhere where you can access your community, be able to check in, with your squad at all times.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You hit on that perfectly—the evergreen aspect because things on Instagram, you know, stories disappear in 24 hours. Things yeah. get kicked out of the feed really in a couple of days. Uh, it's really one of those things where you have to be on top of it to really be involved in that community. And so, I love that aspect of having things out there that can you can go back to. So, a, a right. lot of people that I've talked to that talk about the evergreen strategy is usually referring to YouTube, but a blog is absolutely the Mm -hmm. same kind of aspect. And you want you, you, a lot of people talk about YouTube being the number two search engine. Well, yeah, Google's number one and you're going to show up on Google. So (laughs) you're already ahead of the game in that aspect.
0: I do my blog to build my community. I work on my email list a lot. And then I also joined this app or third party called community, which is a texting app. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. So I know that some people don't open their emails, but they will check their text messages. So I, I can find you and you can find me on a bunch of different ways.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and that way your audience is always able to find your content, even if Instagram goes away tomorrow or, yes, you know, everybody hops to a different platform or, you know, it's just something that happens naturally over social media.
0: Yeah, we're connected. We're besties. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so one of the speaking of one of those new platforms, the way I actually discovered you was through Clubhouse. I love that's, that. That's kind of the you know trendy social media platform at this point in time. You know, for those that aren't familiar with it, you know, it's an audio-only format, nothing is recorded. It's kind of like a, a live podcast. So what would you say is your strategy going forward using Clubhouse to build your brand?
0: I am obsessed with Clubhouse. I love it so much. Uh, the tips and the the connections in there have been invaluable. I just, I, I love it. And uh, my strategy right now is to grow my community. And currently, Clubhouse is invite only. So I'm, I want to set, Myself up for success when the masses do flood into Clubhouse, so you know I, I'll kind of know what's working. I'll have like an A/B test and kind of figure that out. Right now, my strategy is to host a room three times a week, so I can start my own club. That's the the best way to do it for three weeks. So I'll be starting my own club. Uh, make sure you guys follow me, Addie Meshki, Verbal Gold Blog, and I'm also offering a freebie within my bio. So something when I'm in. You know, rooms that I'm speaking on these topics, posi- positioning myself as an expert in influencer marketing or advertising. People are checking out my bio, they're going to my Instagram, they're DMing me, they're following me everywhere. But I want to provide them more value. I want to stay connected. And the best way to do that is to secure their email address. So I have a freebie in there where they can just click on the link, they'll get 150 free networks, they'll get to join my free challenge, and um, we'll be able to stay connected that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in full transparency, you got me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it worked. Yes. <laughs> yes, it
1: worked. <laughs> so I love that. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. You've got your your kind of your newest venture, my resource shop. Tell me a little yes. bit about that.
0: I I love helping people succeed. I'm one of those people that believes there is enough room at the top for everyone because every single person is unique and has a different value add. So I'm not, you know, I'd rather see community over competition. And with my social media consulting business, uh, it's a higher price point. And I realized there's just only so many hours in the day. I just can't take on that many clients and I'm not looking to scale that business to bring on other experts to help those customers. It's something I like to do and I want to keep it personal. But a lot of people ask the same questions. And I was trying to figure out a great way to scale. And I thought, why don't I just take all these questions and all the resources I provide and put them in a large, uh, in a website. So it'll be just a large hub of the frequently asked questions, how to do this, what's important, all my business tips and advice. I have two sections, one for influencers and bloggers and one for business owners. So I will literally help you step-by-step in every single platform, every avenue be successful. And we are dropping just tons and tons of resources there, as well as uh, leaving a question box open. So if you have an immediate need or immediate question, like how, how do I structure my bio in Clubhouse? If you can't find that, I'll answer it for you. So I thought that was probably the best way to scale. We also have two new uh, pillars or experts that we're bringing in. I want to be the Walmart, the one-stop shop. So I'm bringing in a real estate expert that will have all of her tips on how she has crushed the game. And then I'm bringing on social selling network marketing expert to help all of um, the people that are crushing it on that side. And we have a lot of um, expansion plans for reality TV stars, Management and uh, and so on. So I'm really really excited about that. A lot of people were saying, Addy, you should sell this for eight hundred dollars. And I think I shocked everyone when I was like, No, four ninety nine is good. And they're like, Okay, four hundred and ninety nine dollars. I was like, No, no, four dollars and ninety nine cents. And I got <laughs> so much hate. Uh, I got so much negativity back from other people. They were like, Don't give away this information. You're actually giving away you know, real, real action item or action oriented advice, not fluff. And I was like, yeah, I'm not looking to sell anything else. This is it. Like this, this is just to help people. Um, and uh, so, you know, a lot of people have loved it. The people that are in it love it. Uh, some other people don't love it so much, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Can't please everyone.
0: (laughs) No, I think they see it as a threat, but it's been so great. I just, I love the community over there. I love the willingness of everyone that, you know, wants to win and succeed and they're all cheering each other on. And that's what we need right now.
1: Absolutely. And you know what? I think you hit on it perfectly. That abundant mindset is just something that not everybody has. And it really makes such a difference when you think in that style, because, you really, there is a lot of, there's room for everybody. It's just, Mm -hmm.
0: uh, I'm the testimonial. Like I, I, my revenue has increased six figures this year because of other people referring me because of my squad, because of our, our collaborations. I didn't do it alone. I could never do it alone. Uh, But really having, like you said, that abundance mindset has helped me grow and has helped my uh, like referral network grow as well. So If you're not thinking that way, I think you're definitely missing out on knowledge and revenue.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned you're bringing on a real estate expert, which is great. Uh, You know, that's something that I'm involved in, but you...
0: Come on, come on through.
1: (laughs) That's something that uh, you tried your hand at as well, right?
0: I did. I did. HGTV got me.
1: (laughs) Turns out it's not as easy as the TV projects it, right?
0: No, I'm not. A, I'm not as good as you are. My husband said he would like to try it again this year, mm-hmm. uh, but right now we're just doing our own home project. We were profitable, we had a 38% profit that's on great. our flip, but it took us a year.
1: <laughs> yep,
0: so I don't think that's great, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but still, 38% for your first time flip. A lot of people don't experience that by the time you're at insurance, utilities, and all those things in there. Usually it's either a wash or a loss for people on their first time flip. So congratulations.
0: Yeah. On it might've been a wash at, at the, at the time value exchange <laughs> after a, after a year. I'm not really sure, but right. it was so much fun. I love learning new things. I'm mm-hmm. so interested in trying everything to see what I'm good at. Uh, but I just really enjoyed it. I think it was a good creative release for me because, you know, Instagram and, tiktok and uh, blogging they're creative outlets for so many people but once they become work it is a little less fulfilling in the creative aspect so flipping a house was great to just demo day like just to tear stuff up and to build it back up to be beautiful again i think that was a good refresh just mentally
1: yeah no i totally understand that there's definitely something about you know moving your body and uh making sure that you're taking your frustration out on those kitchen cabinets like we talked about before yeah before. demo like, day that, was my favorite <laughs> that, that definitely makes a difference uh in in that creative release so yeah i, absolutely. I definitely understand that so and i now
0: have a sledgehammer in my garage so hey, perfect. there's that too <laughs>
1: <laughs> you never know when you might need that and the
0: chainsaw i'll be honest and a chainsaw oh. that's been the most fun toy
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's something that's interesting. I won't buy another chainsaw. I bought one for taking out some uh, tree branches at my house Uh and I used it for one weekend and I never saw it again because everybody was borrowing it. Everybody wanted it.
0: They're so fun.
1: (laughs) It's one of those things that apparently everybody wants and has a need for, but not enough to buy their own. Uh Uh-huh. And so honestly, I have no idea where it is. It's been like seven years. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that chainsaw ended up. I love it. <laughs> so I, I'm I keep looking back at the list of questions I wanted to ask you about. And I it's kind of overwhelming to me thinking about all the things that you're doing right now.
0: It's and overwhelming so, to me too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well well, you're crushing it and from the outside looking in, it looks oh, well, like you're definitely you. crushing it. But
0: I appreciate that.
1: Going from blogging to writing a book, it seems like such a natural evolution. And just knowing a little bit of your story, I know there's been some challenges behind that. What kind of challenges have you experienced uh, in transitioning from writing a blog to writing a book?
0: Wow. It uh, It was just a natural progression, I think. It's something that I have always wanted to do, and I've always wanted to inspire people in some way. And I, I met up with this amazing writer, Katie Crenshaw, uh, to share this body positive story to the youth. Katie does an amazing job, um, with the, her body can work. And, um, and we just, uh, set out to get this done. And we have another book, his body can coming out this year as well, which is smashing gender roles. Um, the hardest challenge was, um, being I don't know, the best way to say it but not being in a partnership but like a threesome with the publisher and and me and uh, Katie and I um you know it's just it's all done virtually especially now during you know the middle of a pandemic so uh, communication I think has been hard everyone's lives have been kind of turned upside down but uh, we're making it work and I, I'm really proud of our success I can't believe you know, how well received that book was. It's just been really, really special.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great book. Uh, you know, it even talks about uh, a girl that can hustle in there as well. So.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, I had to throw it in there. I actually have little secrets like that all throughout. I played fast pitch softball. So I threw that in there. I also did tap ballet, jazz, and gymnastics growing up. So I threw that in there. I've traveled to all those places. So we have little nods to our personal life in there, but also we want young, young girls and young children, like all the littles to know that they can do anything.
1: Yeah. Like Katie,
0: you know, Katie was plus size and ran the New York marathon when everyone told her she couldn't do it and she did it. And that was the first spread in there. Um, So it's kind of like a, you know, don't give up mantra. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it goes back to that mindset thing of, you know, we talked about the abundant mindset, but really when you put your mind to something, you can really accomplish it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's amazing what you can tackle when you put your mind to it. Absolutely. So you mentioned in the book that, y- you know, you travel to all those places and a lot of uh, some of the things that you've created your content around is the travel aspect How has that changed your content over the last year where travel has been more restricted and things have been a little bit more difficult to to create that content?
0: It has. I miss it. I definitely need a vacation right now. I need to see the beach. Uh, It's been pretty hard for the travel bloggers in the space. My blog personally, and I know a few others in my industry I've talked to have taken a massive hit as far Mm. as ad dollars go. Uh, a lot of us are making a couple thousand dollars a month in ad revenue, and it's down to maybe like two hundred dollars. Wow! Uh, as far as the travel side goes, which is why I think it is so important to have your side hustles and your different income streams, because you never know—you know what could happen. And uh, you know, with ad revenue going down, there, I had to really switch to focus on more uh, home and lifestyle content which wasn't, it was always there, but it wasn't in the forefront, I think. And I focused on, you know, mom life and our renovations, which is really fun. And then I just had a midlife crisis and I was like, I need to go somewhere. So I bought my first C-class RV and I decided to travel across the United States. We were very careful and safe. And the reason is uh, that we chose to do the RV is because we were isolated within our own little family unit. And we visited nine national parks. You nice. know, when we got there. We were the like the white Sands beach in New Mexico. Beautiful. I would highly recommend it. There was nobody there. Just miles of just white sand as far as your eye could see. It was, it was really refreshing, honestly, just to be out in nature. And escape from within the four walls of your house, yeah. <laughs> uh, after a long quarantine. And that was just, uh, really, really inspiring. I think just for myself, it helped re-inspire me. And then for my audience and my views, uh, five X that weekend. Hmm. So that kind of brought it back. And I am like, well, I guess we can still do travel, but in a safe way, And show people maybe some trips that they can plan for when they do feel comfortable that maybe they'll start saving uh, on their bucket list or for a future trip on Pinterest. So we did nine national parks. We drove 100 hours. We went 7,000 miles. We hit 13 states. I still haven't written about them all or or edited all the photos, I think, because I'm not in a rush because people aren't traveling yet a lot. Uh, But it's still there. I do still have some trips planned. And I'm happy to see... The tourism industry um, coming back to life.
1: Yeah, no, that is great, and I've I've got to ask: with you traveling around, you mentioned a hundred hours of driving. Uh, you know, I'm sure you took turns between you and your husband. But how yes. do you manage to still keep the content creation machine going while you're on the road for so long?
0: Right. <laughs> Luckily, the world, uh, the United States, even is amazing. Utah, is that where is that where you are right now? Yeah. Where are yeah. you? Okay. Utah is my favorite state, by the way.
1: It's, it's uh, gorgeous.
0: The salt flats, just the canyons driving up there, the mountains. There's just, if I could live anywhere, I probably would move to Utah. We had so much fun. My husband wanted to stay in that state for like weeks. <sighs> we went to Hot Springs. It was so easy to create content because we were just so inspired. I think seeing everything and, and wanting to share it and people were following our, our journey. My story views went up 15,000 people, you know, just from being in a hot spring. So they were craving that, that travel as well, just mm-hmm. as much as I was.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I I understand that we were able to get one family trip in. Um, you know, we've got a, a trailer that, you know, we <laughs> toe behind my truck, but, yeah. um, uh, we were able to get one family trip in that we wouldn't otherwise have done. Um, just, you know, being stuck at home. And so <laughs> it was nice to get out. And I, I agree people crave that right now. And that's why I think, you know, going back to the talk about clubhouse, I think that's why it has been such a, popular platform right now because people mm-hmm. are craving that conversation, you know, a level playing 100%. Field and, <laughs> yeah. you know, you can, you can talk to anyone there. Whereas if you drop an Instagram DM to some people that with a million followers, they're it never going to so see impersonal.
0: it. Personal, yeah. yeah.
1: And we're here, you can sit there and have a conversation with them and it just feels natural. And uh, it's, it's been a unique platform, obviously something I'm high on. And you're you're definitely there too. So um, it's been
0: really refreshing. Honestly, I I agree with you. I have met some people that I probably would have never met. Otherwise, I would have never seen them at a conference. I would have never met them on Instagram. If I would have potentially hired them for a consultation, it would have cost me thousands. I probably wouldn't have even gotten my email answered. So I just, I'm just like you said, I'm on a high, I'm on a clubhouse high and (sighs) you know, they're all providing their freebies too. We're connecting on LinkedIn. We're connecting on Instagram. It's not just within clubhouse. I love that. It's kind of spilled over onto all these other platforms that I've able, I, like I sent um, someone last night um, an influencer list to help them out. And I, and she was like, Hey, I think I can get you on American express campaign. So the people are just so nice on clubhouse. They're willing to help, uh, you know, you're building relationships and networking, it's, uh, it, it will be a game changer. I, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen when it gets super saturated. But right now it's by invite only and it's intimate and powerful. I really love it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It does feel intimate. And uh, you know what it, it is? You know, a lot of people have talked about being Kind of like a live podcast, but last numbers I heard, and this was last week, obviously that changes as more people get involved, but there's uh, 1.5 million active users on Clubhouse. Uh, The crazy thing is with podcasts, though, there's only 1 million uh, active podcasts that are put out. So it's actually already surpassed podcasting uh and so it's one of those there was only
0: one million last uh last month i think so it is there they have led i guess half a million people in
1: yeah yeah it's it's definitely been growing but obviously it's not growing as fast as the demand is which is good because i've been a part of several rooms where errors happen and uh you get kicked out and just server issues just growing pains so
0: there are some growing pains, but it's fun. That's the startup vibe.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I <laughs> think that's something you you know you've been a part of.
0: Yeah, I'm, the, I'm here to support. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so you kind of mentioned a little bit about, you know, the hustle it took to get to where you are today. But since it is the Hustle of the Day podcast, what is your personal definition of the word hustle?
0: That's a great question because i think it has shifted a lot but to me hustle is it it means that val- it means passion i think mm-hmm. and where you see your your passion that's where you want to spend your time and energy and i'm hustling for a better future for my family trying to just leave a legacy i'm not trying to be the most popular on instagram right now i'm trying to p- be able to pass something down to my son and that's why i am hustling so hard right now because it's my passion and it means family time to me.
1: Yeah. No, i i understand that. I mean, right now your son's young and you want to be able to really be there when you know you can go to an amusement park and you know yes. do these fun things with them. As create theirs.
0: memories and experiences, yeah. and and just watch them grow up. It's priceless. Yeah. I'll never take that for granted. I'm so thankful for for that. Um, I would never go back and do it over again. I I think this is de- definitely the right path for me.
1: Right. That's perfect. What going out and doing this on your own? It sounds like you've had tremendous success stories. You know, we've talked a little bit about the challenges, but. What would you say was your biggest failure in going out in your own? And what did you learn from that?
0: I've had so many failures. (laughs) I've had so many. And I think it is, um, they're just lessons, really. And they help you to stay focused and stay clear on your goals. They help you get clarity so you don't have shiny ball syndrome. Um, The biggest failure for me was, you know, investing in the wrong people, picking the wrong partners, not doing my due diligence, um, doing checks on people um, to make sure they're in it for the right reasons. I know that's a very cliche bachelor phrase, but some people are not. They have different goals that don't align with yours. Um, so my advice, what what I learned, I, I will say without you know spilling my candy in the lobby here, is that if you're going to bring on a partner, do a background check vet them, uh, even if you've been uh, best friends with them for a long time, or wow. even if you've known them for a long time, uh, you can, uh, you know, there's some things you might not know. So I would just say to do your homework there and, uh, and do your due diligence.
1: Sounds like there's you- a story there that you can't say much about.
0: <laughs> there is, there is a big one, but you know, to the Google you go.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: there is i've had a bunch of failures i actually tried to launch a merchandise line and i didn't get samples that was that left me with $10,000 of unusable inventory wow. i i tried to set up a um another merchandise line with um and then i set the profit margins incorrectly and i actually lost money when people bought that was funny oh. That was really funny, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, uh, you don't know everything. I would say bring in experts. Don't be afraid to ask for help, and it is definitely okay to fail because, uh, as you've seen, those really you know cliche Mimi graphs of entrepreneurship where there's a roller coaster, it goes up and down, up and down. That's definitely how it has been for me and probably for most entrepreneurs. And all you see are the wins and the highlight reels. Very few people share their failures, Um, but you don't just start and then you win. You actually have to dig through the trenches. And I'm working on that this year, sharing a lot more of the through the trenches portion of our startup my resource shop cuz um and i'm working on sharing a bunch of my failures on my blog too because they're very interesting. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> For sure. First of all two things that really stuck out to me. I love that you you termed it, you know, through the trenches. Um uh, you know, it's not it's not something that you consider a failure. You keep avoiding the word failure and i actually like that you're doing that <laughs> because they're only failures if you dwell on them and you let them
0: Hold you she, back. Yeah. If yeah. you
1: let them control things. So, mm-hmm. as you said earlier, the other thing that stuck out, their lessons. And I completely believe that. That's why I ask that in that way of what's your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Because yes. then you can move past it and move on and learn from it.
0: Yeah. They've been expensive mistakes, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> I've right. lost a lot of money, but they have led me to even bigger money. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and that's why I try to remain positive and have um, a positive outlook on things because I know it's part of my story. It's part of my success, and you don't just get to the top. You you actually do have to go through the trenches. Every single person, and that's where you that's where you know the winners and the losers separate because a lot of people will just bail out, but you got to keep going if you really want to hit it big.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what makes you relatable too, is because we've all had struggles. We've all had, uh, things that we've gone through and by you showing those people can be like, Oh, well she's, she's human.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's actually, there's a fear I think of, of showing failure. There's a fear that you don't want to come across, uh, you know, like a loser that you didn't win. And that was my fear for so long. When I first started out, I was like, I don't want to show people, um, you know, all of my struggles. They're going to think I'm bad at this, but that's actually, you nailed it. That's what makes you relatable. That's how people build a relationship with you and grow with you. They actually go through the trenches and support you and motivate you. They're not sitting there making fun of you. They want to help you. And they want to see you win that, at least from my experience, when you share that, it's, I think more so the people that are just like, Hey, look at me. I'm on top that they're like, Oh, well, how did that happen? Or how did you get there? And they can't relate, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely power and vulnerability and kind of showing that side of things. And like you said, 100%. people, people will real relate to it.
0: I learned that this year, only, only eight years later. I've just now learned <laughs> that <laughs> there are lessons every year, no matter what level you're at.
1: <laughs> right. Right. And you know what, the, 2021 is going to be another year of lessons for you, whether you want it to be or not, no matter what you do. (laughs) I
0: agree agree with that.
1: (laughs) Well, very cool. I don't want to take too much of your time. You know, I, I know you're super busy. We talked about all the businesses that you're doing. So I'll give you a chance to tell people where to best find you. But before we get into that, I want to, first of all, say thank you for taking the time, but I want to ask you personal or business. What is it that excites you about the future?
0: The possibilities. I can't wait. I'm just really excited. You know, whether it's my one-year goals or my five-year goals, I just know that big things are coming and I'm really excited about the possibilities.
1: Awesome. Yeah. There's definitely are unlimited possibilities, especially if you believe there are unlimited possibilities.
0: That's what keeps me going. My belief. <laughs> <laughs> especially through 2020. But it has been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, To all the hustlers out there, find me on Instagram at verbalgoldblog or Addie Meshke. My blog is verbalgoldblog.com. And my resource site is myresourceshop.com.
1: Perfect. I'll make sure to include links in the show description as well. So people can just click on those and connect with you.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much.
1: Yes. Thank you. I know I've gotten a ton of value out of this. So I know my audience has gotten value out of this. So I encourage you all to get out there and hustle the day.